Hey, welcome to the So To Speak podcast. My name is John Beadle. I'm your host. At So To Speak, we endeavor to help people, you know, rightly interpret the world by first rightly interpreting themselves. And one of the ways that we do that, and that I want to do that, is I want to have these conversations with you, these very short 10, 15 minute long little uh, conversations where I can just submit my 0.03 cents and uh, send it out there into the world um, to go and be free and uh, get married and have kids. So um, thank you for listening. Today I'm going to talk about something I'm very excited about. So I mean, I'm usually am. Um, But don't forget that you can find us on Facebook. Just search So To Speak. Add yourself to the group. And you can find us on Twitter at speak underscore official. Let's go. Hey folks, so don't forget that we moved on to our second major book study, the first of which was 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, and this new one is called Why Liberalism Failed by Patrick Deneen, a very fascinating book uh, that I want to really enter into a conversation with with people in our community with, Um, and if you're not part of So To Speak and you just listen, then just feel free to pick yourself up a book. I, I endeavor to try to introduce people to good things they can read. There's a lot of great material out there for people to really mull over and meditate and read on. But um, if you're not careful, you'll read a lot of stuff that'll just shore up your own view and, and not actually help you think, right? Because um, that's what we're interested in doing. I'm interested in actually helping people think. I don't know if it was William James who said this. It might have been him or it might have been Oscar Wilde. I'm kind of hoping it was Oscar Wilde who said this because he's a really he's a much cooler person to quote. Uh, but one of these guys said that most people don't actually change their mind. Uh, what they do is simply rearrange their prejudices. Now just think about that for a second. Most people don't actually change their mind. What they often do is just rearrange their prejudices. Now their prejudices or biases, rearranging those prejudices can, can be like rearranging the furniture in a room. You know, there's a different level of, uh, there's a different effect that comes to, that comes over you when you have to move things out of a place and move things in versus just moving things around the room, right? The, where the elements stay the same and it feels different when really it's, it, the, all the, the pieces are still in place, right? And uh, moving around the furniture <laughs> can, can have the effect of making one feel like you've actually changed your mind when in reality, you, you just feel like you, you've thought, you've been thinking, but you really haven't. You, you're left with the, with the sensation of having thought, when in reality, you've done no such thing. You've done no such thing. And so today, I want to talk about what it means to do the first thing, right? To actually change our minds um, and, and introduce sort of a, a problem, you know, this idea that a lot of people, um, when I talk to about books, I mean, this is inevitably the case when I'm having a conversation about a book I'm reading or I'm very excited about it. The person that I talk to 90% of the time says, well, that's really cool. Um, I just don't have time to read. Da-da-da-da-da. And they just go down the list, right? And this is almost everybody's excuse or everybody's like thought. Uh, that's really interesting, but I just don't have time. I'm super busy. None of this is wholly original at all. I mean, this is the, it's almost like people get together and hear this stuff. That's why 
in a lot of ways it feels like just a big lie people have swallowed that they don't have time to develop themselves intellectually because they're so busy with real life, right? And um, it's sort of this this either-or mentality that we tend to have with our lives or with the things that we do or things that we're interested in where we, we have to, and you'll notice this too, where um, when you get so focused on the family or you get really, and I understand it because I have a son and I got a daughter on the way and, you know, uh, I have a lot of responsibility. And what, you know, you, it's so easy though for me to get caught up in all the things that I have to do in life and forget that I have to, I need to also spend time feeling enriched intellectually, enriched in my heart, in my knowledge, my understanding, right? It's not just about the accrual of knowledge. It's also about the expansion of your understanding. And expanding your understanding um, can only help in the things that we call, we put on the banner of real life. And so when it comes to books, I mean, Twyla Tharp, the famous choreographer, famously said that if she doesn't read, she doesn't think. And I agree with her to some extent, you know, uh, with that statement. And so I have endeavored to at least read a book a week. I mean, that's been my book diet for the last three or four years. It's been a book a week. And so I'm always reading something. You know, when I'm doing these podcasts, I always have ideas. And there's things that I'm wrestling with, mulling over, chewing on all the time. And uh, it's not simply because... You know, I think that I'm super smart or I want to be super smart and not be an ignorant person. A lot of it has to do with before before I had my um, sort of intellectual awakening, I thought my whole life that I was stupid. I thought that I had nothing to offer the world uh, except for music. I just thought everything else was just um, that I had nothing to offer people. And what took me a while to understand is that, no, there's a whole world out there. My, um, my imagination had to be converted my mind had to be converted and that took time that took time and I had to be wrestled out of that quote-unquote real-life excuse and enter into the world of transformation now C.S. Lewis the uh, the famous British author um, apologist and um, he's been dead for a number of years since the 60s actually but he very very famously wrote a book called the Screwtape Letters and the Screwtape Letters is a satire uh, a masterpiece, actually, on, on about this uh, mentor demon, who's writing, <laughs> who's writing letters to his little under his little um, his disciple, you know, demon, and uh, he keeps talking to the the uh, the disciple demon, you know, about all the things that he needs to do to deceive his what he calls the patient, and the patient is the human being, and uh, whether you believe in God or not is really beside the point. This is a satire, so it it because it is a satire. Lewis opens the narrative up to people in all kinds of, you know, wherever they are in life, and to where no matter what you believe or what you believe, there is lots of stuff to be gained, uh, lots of things to be gained from this. And uh, one of the things that he says in the first letter that this character Screwtape is writing to this character called Wormwood, um, he says that jargon, not argument is your best ally in keeping your patient in the dark, right? Now, I'm paraphrasing, um, but that, that's really a good way to start this, this idea, right? That, that, it's, you, that people often think they're making arguments when in reality they're just saying things. They're just saying catchphrases that 
when we don't think, when we don't spend time just really reflecting on what we believe in, like the things that we are accepting to be true or false or whatever, we tend to, too easily to rely upon jargon and the way people and, instead of argument. And the reason we get away with it is because we tend to stay in cloisters of communities of people who tend to believe the same things. And that's the way we structured, we structured our communities a lot. And, um, and so because that's the case, like, we deceive ourselves into thinking that we actually have good reasons for think, believing the things that we believe. Right? And we're very good at doing that. And uh, one of the things that C.S. Lewis mentions in this, in this novel, it's very fascinating, is that he talks about that... He says, you know, at one point he says that the very act of arguing, you awaken the patient's reasoning faculties, right? And um, and he said he says to this his understudy, he says, if you're not careful, um, that that you may you may accidentally uh, point your patient into the fatal habit of it. He says the fatal habit of attending to universal issues and withdrawing his attention from the stream of immediate sense experiences. And in other words, um, the patient relies too, uh, already relies too much on emotion and feeling. And that's because that's the most basic, primal sort of way that we interact with the world is how the world makes us feel. And um, what I tell people all the time, you know, as a Christian, I say that the, the, the primary goal of the Christian life, one of the goals is to turn your feelings into faith, right? And... What C.S. Lewis goes on to say in this in this one letter, it's very fascinating. He goes, you know, when people mean by real life, they often assume what the, they often assume a definition of the real. Okay, that if we're going to say we do real life instead of the academic stuff, then we better define what the real is. And I love this because he he talks about how the patient, the the character Wormwood, is telling, or I'm sorry, the character uh, Screwtape is telling. Wormwood, he's saying, look, um, your patient is used to holding conflicting ideas in his head at all times, such as the nature of the world we live in, right, where everything is contested and ideas are flying past us like 90 miles an hour. And so we're used to holding conflicting ideas in our brains all the time. And the reason that we don't get seasick, I mean, the reason why people don't just like walk around beating themselves in the head trying to figure out the and, and, and solve the conundrums of their own thinking is because they don't think of things as true and false anymore. What we typically think of as, we that's not the dichotomy we think of. The dichotomy is typically whether something is like theoretical or academic versus something that's like real life and practical. And so even in the way we discuss truth and the real things is we, we look at things as whether or not they're, um, how does this apply to me? Okay. Bring it down on the ground floor level. Bottom line this, bottom line that. Well, unfortunately, when people bottom line everything, every discussion, what we typically do when we when we re, we argue that way is we use sources of authority like, well, that doesn't apply to me, or I don't like the way that sounds, and we kind of leave it alone. And what we're doing is we're ending an argument rather than deepening it. The temptation is always to end something before we can really get going. But uh, the really thoughtful person would seek to deepen a discussion rather than end it, right? So jargon may keep us in agreement, right? But it doesn't deepen our understanding. Whereas argument may reveal that we have many things that we disagree on, 
but it will deepen our understanding if we do it right. Now, there's ways of doing it totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But there's ways of doing it right. And one of the things that C.S. Lewis is really confronting here is this sort of either-or mentality, right? It's either this or it's that. And leaving out the uh, opportunity for, like, paradoxical thinking. And a paradox is, is the opposite of ideology, right? Ideology or ideological thinking is when you say, here's the one idea, and, this, and it, that idea is a tyrannical uh, resource that dominates every other idea. It's in charge. And so every other idea has to get approval from the primary idea, right? And ideologies that we're most familiar with are ideologies like communism, um, fascism, and liberalism, right? Now I'll get more into those in another time, maybe in the next episode, but I just wanted to make sure that we understood that right thinking, it, it steers away from ideology and more into the logic of paradox, right? And a paradox is simply... Um, two seemingly conflicting ideas existing within the same truth. And in this sense, I'm not using truth as a fact. Right? I'm using truth as the logos, right? the Greek uh, term that Heraclitus, uh, the philosopher, coined, also appropriated by the Apostle John in the Gospel of John to describe Jesus as the Word of God. In other words, it's the mechanism by which... Um, uh, there, that we're that is that there's a coordinating, changing universe, right? That things are not static; they're dynamic. They're constantly being renewed and changing. Um, so, getting rid of the either or mentality, uh, letting loose from the dichotomy, and seeing ourselves like really being to think properly in the real. Okay, and so part of what I've always tried to endeavor to do is that I don't want to be the kind of person who um, has my real life over here and then my intellectual life or whatever over on this side. I want everything to integrate. And what I often tell people, especially those who are involved in like in the private sector and have deadlines every week, is I say, you know what? Read a novel. Read something that is completely opposite of what you normally do in your daily, in your daily life. Um, take 10 minutes at the beginning of your day. Like I was talking to a guy who's a computer engineer, and I told him, I said, just take 10 minutes at the beginning of every, of every day to read something that has nothing to do with your job. And what will happen is you'll find your mind actually um, accommodating that information in a different way, and, and it, it'll do something different to your brain. And you'll find that it'll actually make you more creative, more interesting, at your job and, and give you different ideas and different angles to look at those ideas so that you're more productive and you're more appealing as a resource uh, to your boss. So that's something to really think about. And another example would be um, the idea of relationship versus function. I recently heard someone say that, um, that they don't believe in function, they believe in relationship. That it's all about relationships, it's not about what people can do for you. And, and of course, this is another example of either-or mentality. Anybody who's been in any kind of like meaningful relationship with somebody that they loved understands it's not just, it's, con it's unconditional, but there are functions to every healthy relationship. There are expectations within covenants that are made between people. You know, you're not friends with somebody just because they're just interesting and you just like hang out. No, that, that person who's your friend, they do things for you. Maybe they encourage you. Maybe they're a source of compassion or a source of truth-telling. It's not just about 
two people coexisting. It's that that other person is a source in your life, and that's why you keep going or being around them. Um, in fact, it's it's usually an unhealthy relationship whenever the function has turned upon its uh, as, as has gone the opposite way, where now it's instead of being a functional thing where you can really be together and enjoy each other's company, it's a detriment to your company and being together. You're no longer, you as a person begin to be diminished in light of who they are. Instead of being two strong individuals coming together and celebrating one another. So that's an example. Um, another, so this thing I want to say, so contradicting ideas are held because we don't think in true or false terms, but in academic or applicable terms. I think the, the, the push I want to make is towards more of an integralist approach. The last thing that I'm going to say is I want to talk about, real quick, Pinocchio. Now, I know that's really strange, um, but Pinocchio is this wooden creature created by Geppetto, right? And Geppetto loves Pinocchio, but he's not real. And the way Geppetto makes him real is he wishes upon a star, right? So there's this sense that if you want to get out of simply being a utility in life, somebody who just like takes care of the bills or just has his job, just works, is just a tool for someone else's success or, um, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like somebody who is just doing things for the sake of an outcome. If you want to have a more meaningful, fulfilled, fulfilled life, then there has to be an ideal which you're striving for, right? Like Geppetto, you have to see the beyond, get a vision for your life, right? You want to get over addiction. Okay, that's great. Yeah. How do you get over addiction? Well, the way you get over it in a lot of ways, uh, especially is to just simply, um, what is your vision that you have for your life? Oh, I never get, I can never get past X, Y, Z. Well, how do you see yourself? And where do you see yourself going? These are some things to consider when it comes to the real life. Um, yes, yeah, so C.S. Lewis, Screw Tape Letters, definitely need to read that. Um, and so I really would love to just hear your feedback. What do you think are some um, modern, you know, learning that gets overlooked? Do you feel, do you, have you experienced the same things? What are your thoughts? Let me know. Hey friends, thanks for listening to the podcast. I am always honored to find new fans out there on the internet who are discovering the podcast. And, and so if you, if you enjoy what you heard today, go ahead and go on iTunes. Just leave a review, uh, an honest review. Don't just give me five stars because you want to help out the podcast. Be honest. And um, thank you to those who have already done so. Um, if you like what you hear, go ahead and share, subscribe. And, and don't forget to pick up the book, Why Liberalism Failed. I'm going to put the information for Amazon in the description of the episode and as well as a link to the book, Screwtape Letters, if you'd like to pick up your own copy. And let me know what you think. Send your questions to my Twitter, and I'll be happy to bring those up on the podcast. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye.